Guess what, guys? My chinchillas are together and they aren't spraying pee at each other. <laughs> In case you wanted an update. We're going to talk about that and not the fact that we just passed over a soul. And we're your meta sidekicks. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. They needed an update. Today is a wild ride. <laughs> I needed an update. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen our YouTube video, go watch it because Liv cries, number one. Ugly cries. Number two. (laughs) All of my crying is ugly, FYI. She cries because we were talking to the souls that are in the Lizzie Borden house and she crossed one over that was afraid to like take the plunge. (sighs) It was wild, guys. Absolutely bananas i gotta remember what i'm gonna say again i have to remember what i'm gonna say again you know like after something big happens you're like whoa i can't talk about it i just need to reflect on it no what i can tell you everything that's happened when I'm, things like that happen i'm gonna tell a soul because story I'm a Virgo. by herself <laughs> while i sit in the corner and just like try to take a chill pill well okay guys listen so as you may or may not know we are psychic mediums Yes. <laughs> she looked at me. Well, that's because I gave her shit in the podcast, or not the podcast, the but video. Af- like 20 minutes after I say we're psychic mediums, you're like, we're psychic mediums? <laughs> I like to pull people's legs because if it's the first time. But like, not after I say it, like 20 minutes after I said it. Well, it popped into my head the first time you said something. However, my ADHD also understands politeness and courtesies. So I waited. Hmm. Anyways, when I was researching the Lizzie Borden house, I um, had this weird presence standing behind me, which is which happens a lot. I'm going to be honest. But what was different for this one is I usually know there is a soul standing behind me versus like an actual human person. And I just get this presence of a man that's super tall looking over my shoulder to which I was like in a place with people. So like I thought it was a literal person. And when I was like, Oh, wait a second, there's no one actually behind me. It's a spirit and I can't talk to the spirit. It's weird. So she was asking me who I thought it was. Yeah. And what was my answer? You told me that it's not the person that I was researching, which is interesting. Well, technically it's not. It was exactly. <laughs> because I was thinking that this was John Morse, to which it is not John Morse, but it is the person that did the crime of the Lizzie Borden house. The blue button. <laughs> Darn <Wow>. it. <laughs> what do you think that one was? I thought that one was going to be the like Now I can't remember. No. Yeah, that that would be it. <laughs> so I'm gonna stop. We need to label those. No, it's more fun when they're not labeled. Plus, now I know what all of them do. I know not a single one except for the pink one, which I know is our intro. Every other single one, you would think I would and know the by now. One. Yeah, that one's yellow. Every other color is a mystery to me, and her name was Mystery. So in the YouTube video, I had live without me telling her any of the research go on and speak to the souls to which she was very sassy because she thought that she knew everything about the lizzie boarded house and was like oh well duh it was lizzie everybody says it was lizzie she's sassy when you talk to her in spirit it was lizzie guys i will listen to one podcast about it 
and I was an expert. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> well, I was annoyed, though, too. Okay, not annoyed. I thought that M knew that I knew about the Lizzie Borden house because she's Which like- Which is weird considering the fact that she knows shit about anything scary because it makes her pee her pants. Yeah, <laughs> but for some reason, the Lizzie Borden house has never been scary to me. It's just another like, well, it's just, I don't know. It hasn't, it just wasn't that scary to me. So I listened weird. to one podcast. I was an expert. Mm-hmm. And uh, M's like, well, everyone wants me to do or wants us to do the Lizzie Borden house because they're all into doing the paranormal stuff. And then since we're mediums, like talking to the things around it. And I'm like, okay, I'm on board. And she goes, really? And I was like, yeah, Lizzie Borden house is fine. I I like, I thought I told you I knew what it was. No. <laughs> I was like, we can do the Stanley Hotel or Lizzie Borden. Which one? And you were like, Lizzie Borden's fine. And do that's you, all the information I got from you. Do you no? Do you also remember me saying I want to do the Stanley Hotel, but I hear spirits saying that we need to do the Lizzie Borden house. You remember you did that not text? Tell me that. I texted it to you. I know right now that you will find it in the text. Yeah, but I was asking you other questions, so I thought that was relating to the other questions because mm. I was like, should we do myth- mythological beast or the Lizzie Borden house? So I thought you were saying that to the Lizzie Borden house. In relation to not doing the mythological beast episode. Because that's what this episode was supposed to be. Yes. But I remember you asking me that question. And I wanted to do either the Stanley Hotel or mythological beast. But spirit on my right hand side was like, you have to do Lizzie Borden. And I was like, okay, I already know about it. So it's not going to be that hard. I know Lizzie Borden because like, okay, she's like, you don't know me. I knew (laughs) of Lizzie Borden because I had heard the podcast and instantaneously became said expert. expert. And uh, yeah, no, you didn't uh, tell me that part. Every time you you missed a little, you put a few pieces in that puzzle. I've heard of it, which was once, possibly twice. Uh, I get clairsentient information because psychic medium, all clairs, clairsentience, clairvoyance are like my shtick for clairs. M's is clair audience. If you're new to this shebang of a podcast called <laughs> Meta Psychics, and uh, I always got the vibe of like she doesn't care. She is very much like her father. She is a badass. And uh, I was like, well, she's got cool feminine badass vibes and she killed her dad and she didn't care about it because he obviously wasn't a good person. And he's like, they got me. It's okay." So I just assumed that because she gave me this like strong feeling about everything being whatever, like it is what it is, that she did it. Guys, my cheeks on my hiney are so chapped from the spiritual spanking that I just received during this YouTube video <laughs> that I'm going to need, like, like I don't know, some yeah, cream. No, we literally started that YouTube video, and she looks at me and was like, well, I don't know who I'm supposed to talk to about who did it because it was Lizzie. Duh. And I was like, it was not possibly, like, it could not have been Lizzie because of the evidence. The evidence does not show it was Lizzie. And she was like, what? Yeah, you can literally see the abstinent, pouty face that I made when M told me that. Because I was like, I don't know. Insert some weird meme here about the thing that was my face of disbelief. And then I'm like, gosh, darn it. I was going to come over here. I know the whole story Uh because I am an expert. An expert. And, uh... It's going to be fine. It's going to be easy. We're going to get this done really fast. I got to go home and like wash my turtle. It'll be fine. No, I'm still losing my absolute mind about it, guys. Absolute mind. Yeah, because if there was evidence that she did it, that time period, she would be executed for killing a man because women had no rights. Yeah. But there was no evidence. 
because she didn't do it. And I just didn't think about that at all. Clearly. So Clearly. you can see me in the video, like about to argue with him and be yeah. like, well, why don't you and I was talk like, to I'm her? I'm a Virgo. Why don't you talk to her? Because we both get the same vibe from her. Since you're such an expert compared to me, you should just talk to her medium Emily. And no, she's like, Virgo Emily. The <laughs> Virgo doesn't fight unless they know they're right. And she's like, well, obviously you don't know anything. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, she was like, well, my ear is burning, but I know she did it. And I was like, take a chill pill. Pretend like you don't know because you're wrong. <laughs> She's like, step the fuck off your ego. Put your fucking medium pants on and quit being an ass. And I'm like, God damn it. So I get I get a colored pencil that I found on the ground. She's like, do you need something to write with? And I heard yes in my ear. And I'm not a very clairvoyant or clairaudient person. I'm like, gosh, darn it. Mm, I'm getting finangled into this. So mm -hmm. I did it. And the first thing that Lizzie Borden says to me is the man. And I'm like, <laughs> so then well. I said, I look at him and I'm like, Hey, um, was there a man involved? And she's like, uh huh. Mm hmm. So then well, I write this. Point, I thought it was someone else. So I pooped your pants too. Not really. It makes a lot more sense because I see John Morse in spirit. But I was still confused as to why this soul like snuck up on me. Yeah. Because yeah. when you said, okay, after we got through the whole page or like half of the page of the things that I wrote down, she, they showed me all this crazy stuff, crazy stuff. So Lizzie Borden stepped forward. I got the same vibe as I've always gotten when I hear the story about the Lizzie Borden house. And she's like, it's not my house, which I just think is hilarious. She's a woman. Obviously, it's not her house. Oh, my God. I like how it's named after her, too. Exactly. She's like, it's really, it's ugh, it's all just dumb. Anyways. because she's a spoiled brat. So you guys need to understand, as a mental medium, this may be different for other people. However, so far as being a medium, and I think Doris Stokes is the other medium that has talked about this, too. If you don't know who she is, she's a popular medium that I believe is a medium because I talked to her, I think, in one of the podcasts briefly. But she was a medium in the 1950s, or she was alive in the 1950s, sometime around there. And she explains how spiritual information comes in for her. So on, and it's the same for me, respectively. On the right-hand side, souls will come in to me if they are passed over. Passed over means that they are in spirit, heaven, the spirit realm, whatever you want to call it. The dimension in which spiritual or soul energy exists or resides once they are no longer in a physical existence. So... When a soul talks to me onto the right-hand side, which is 99.99% of the time, like freaking German disinfectant stuff, I know that they're passed over because they're on the right-hand side. However, if I get information on my left-hand side, that is usually information that is happening on my psychic side. So past, present, future, things happening in the physical world. Or if a soul steps forward, don't ask me. Okay, you can ask me how I know it's a soul. I just know it's a soul because I can perceive that a person is standing in front of me on my left hand side and it's like catty corner to my shoulder kind of in front of me because they're here to talk to me so I sit down start writing with my little colored pencil Lizzie Borden steps in on the right hand side in spirit and she's starting all these details however this man is standing on my left hand side in front of me and I'm like shit he's got some weird ass energy yeah he feels like a weight like heavy yeah like dark black heavy like and tall too yeah he's like six four six five six seven <laughs> really six, big seven. <laughs> really big i don't know i'm yeah, a, he's big big 
So I am hesitant to talk to him because of the way his energy feels. But when she said man to me in spirit or showed me man and starts showing me how everything happened in the house clairvoyantly, he pops in. And I kind of acknowledged him because I knew he was a spirit. And when she said man, he was associated with that word. So I'm like, okay, he's the one that did it. She shows all me shows me all of these things. She talks about how he was sloppy in his work and that he kind of fumbled and bumbled and stumbled around, that he was in his mid to late 40s, but he looked much rougher than that. He might have been older. Um, no, 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 not that he might have been older. He looked older, but he was in his 40s. That's what I mean. And um, just the things that happened in the house. I can give more detail when M talks. I don't want to take up that much time. But I'm just... I'm thinking, okay, so she's telling me all these things and he's confirming them silently because uh, he's not saying anything. He's not refuting it. He's not arguing with it. He's just there. And I'm like, okay. And at one point he kind of got a little angry when M was talking and I got nervous. I got scared. I don't know if you can sh- see it in the video. What, at what point? You were talking about the John Morris guy. Oh, she was telling me about a brother and it's not like Lizzie's brother, I was telling her about the fact that John Morse is Lizzie's birth mom's brother. So he's the uncle. Mm-hmm. And he made an appearance to the house. So that's why he is one of these suspects of this murder. Yeah, but you were talking about the man standing next to me and you wanted to know if it was him, if it was John Morse. Oh, yeah. And that's when he got angry. Really? Because he was like, I am not that man. Because you're like, what oh. does he look like? That's why I needed to oh, know what he looked yeah, like. Because I thought he was John Morris. Because I was like, uh, I'm like, because I know what he looks like. He's huge. He's like 6'4". He's like a big, heavy guy. Probably like at least easy 300, 315. Like a big dude. Not fat, but just like husky, stocky, like an actual brick wall. And when you said John Morris... Because I can see what this guy looks like. His facial features, he has a bigger nose, his ears, he's wearing a hat, he's wearing a coat that's long and dark, like it used to be a nice coat, but I feel like someone gave it to him, and it's a wool coat, like it's not, it's secondhand, he found it somewhere, It's it used to be nice, like it's one of his nicer things, but it's very tattered. And then when you said John Morse, he got really angry and like put this, the man in spirit, put his face next to my face. And that's when I was like, Oh, please don't get angry with me. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. I'm sorry. Like it was scary. He's a big freaking dude. And his face was like two inches away from my face and, um, kind of just challenging me a little bit. I would, I would think. And then I was like, okay, I need to redirect my attention because obviously he's upset for whatever reason. And he has a reason to be upset. Otherwise, he wouldn't be here. And then I tried to focus on John Morse. And Lizzie stepped forward and she's like, yeah, it's not him. It's this guy. And I could see John Morse from her perspective. He did not step forward at that point. But I could see that John Morse was smaller. He was wearing fancy clothes. And I could tell that he had an air of arrogance to him. And I said, Em, I need to know what he looks like because I know what the guy on my left-hand side looks like and I know what this other guy is, so I need to figure out who's who because I don't think John Morse is the guy that is in front of me to my left. She showed me a picture of John Morse. He has a small nose and he's wearing a similar outfit to what I see the guy in spirit wearing. And I'm like, God darn it. So it was wild. I need your help to rein me in. (laughs) 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 So you started telling his story. Oh, yeah. 
Okay, so Lizzie was telling me, because again, I only have my expert knowledge that I learned from listening to one thing about it. (laughs) And I know some people want information confirming what happened, how it happened, and the souls that are in the house now. So she told me that the person that did it was the man that was in front of me and that he was bumbly, um, almost as if he was like drunk, but I don't know if he was drunk. I He told me that he was mentally handicapped a little bit. It just was his normal existence, his capacity for thinking about things. And it is because of his upbringing. He did not have a good upbringing. I feel like he had other siblings. He's telling me three. So I don't know if there was, he was the third child. I feel like there were ones older than him and younger than him too, but he was one of the younger ones. But he just had a really, really, really hard life. So she's showing me on one hand side that he's the actual person that killed people and that the work that he did killing them was shoddy and not clean and he got the job done, but it wasn't, it wasn't whatever. And uh, long story short, we figure out that he was hired by the Borden family to do this, in a sense. Threatened. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Threatened slash hired slash coerced into doing it. So he was associated with like doing stuff like that, though, right? Because he supposedly killed a- another person. So he killed a woman. And the way he explains this to me... So now that I see that he's in spirit, so that the... <sighs> The problem with him being on my left-hand side and in front of me that hurts my heart is that I know that he's not passed over. So souls that are passed over, like I said, are on my right-hand side. So now I have this man who is admitting to the fact that he killed Lizzie Borden's father and stepmother, but now he's trying to tell his story. And I'm also getting Lizzie's side of the story as well, because we all understand that there's three sides to his story. One person's side, the other person's side, and then what actually happened in the middle. So I'm trying to figure out what actually happened because my expert knowledge is null and void at this point. So she tells me she was involved because I'm like, you did kill him? And she's like, well, no, but yes. I'm like, okay, so how so? She starts talking on her uncle on her uncle's behalf, John Morse. And he starts talking, the man in, the, in front of me, the man in... I don't know what his name is. It doesn't matter. But the man that actually ended up killing them is telling me his side of the story all at the same time. So he will talk about the man first on my left-hand side. He had a bad upbringing. What, to no, no fault of his own, it just was not good. His parents weren't good. His siblings were mistreated. I feel like his mother abused him. His father was absent and abusive because of his absence. And... um. Life was really freaking hard for him. So he did tell me that he had many jobs. He never really had the same job. He was a bit of a drifter, but a drifter within the town. He didn't really have a home. He's like, I'm not homeless, but I was homeless at times. He would get um, boarding houses when he could, when he had jobs at times, if he wasn't getting fired or rehired or shifted or moved or thrown out. And um, because of the way he was, in his mindset, many people took advantage of him. And that also happened in jobs. So if he had money, he would be able to stay at a boarding house. But once the money ran out, he'd get kicked out. So he's like, I'd be on the streets a lot. Spirit, not him, 
on his behalf. And I think this is interesting because I'm trying as a woman and a medium, I have to try and take my ego out as a, as a medium. But as a woman, I'm obviously threatened by this giant six, four man that obviously killed people that we're talking about. I mean, who wouldn't be nervous about that? Yeah. He is a, uh, unnerving presence because he's also like, he has feelings about it that are negative. So you get a negative vibe from him. It's not necessarily because he is a killer, but it is because he feels a certain type of way about it. Yes. So from spirit, they give me the analogy of Lenny from of, of, of Mice and Men. So in the book, Lenny is a mentally handicapped individual and disabled. Disabled. I don't like the word handicap. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Mentally disabled. Okay. And uh, he is in love with this one girl and he's very nice and he's very respectful and obviously, well, not obviously, but obviously, uh, nothing comes of his puppy love for this woman. However, it is shown in the book that he really likes mice and keeps them in his pocket and likes to try and keep them as pets, but he's so big and doesn't understand what's going on that when he pets the mice, he ends up killing them. Mm -hmm. So spirit stuck up for this man and so uh, standing next to me and said, this is what his life was like. So when he tells you about the woman he killed, this is how you need to look at it, given what you've learned in your physical life. So he tells me the story of how he killed a woman. And it was similar to Lenny's love for the woman in Of Mice and Men. However, her death was similar to that of the mouse in Lenny's pocket. So yes, it was his fault. Yes, he understood what happened after what happened happened. Did he feel bad? Yes, but I feel like other people found out about it. And then they blackmailed him. So now he's being viewed as a killer. And if somebody who cannot stick up for themselves in more than one way gets abused like that, then he has now the reputation of a killer. Because the telephone game has now said, this weird floater drifter guy killed this lady. He know what he was doing. He was just being a dog. And uh, he meant to do it. So... Now he's in this crowd of people that are viewing him like this, and this isn't actually who he is, but other people that do bad things and know what they're doing can now blame it on him. And all the other people that are higher up in the circle of shenanigans that he has found himself in in life are going to use it against him. You know? Does that make sense? Especially at that time, because people didn't understand disabilities, so they just took advantage of him and like ridiculed him because they... Probably just thought he was dumb. Yeah. So he's telling me, yes, I killed someone, but I am not a killer. Yeah. So because of this, he was targeted by the Borden family. Because if you're going to have anybody do your dirty work for you. It's going to be someone that no one knows. Or no one cares about. Yeah. And if they know of him, the only type of information that they're going to know about him is things that he cannot use to defend himself. Which makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. As to why they couldn't find this, like, suspect. Yes. So he was not, no one knows about this guy. <laughs> so he, yeah. So then he goes on to tell me, and at this point, I'm like, he's telling me that the reason he is afraid to cross over is out of, one, fear and sorrow, but also because of anger. 
because as I'm talking to him, Lizzie's telling me other things that have happened about the house because those are the things we want to know. But she's talking about it from the point of heaven. She's in spirit. She has passed over. She is not haunting the Borden house, which a lot of people like to think. <laughs> and he, the man to the left of me, can we just call him Lenny? We can. Okay. So Lenny is telling me the reason that he hasn't crossed over is because he is afraid of meeting the woman that he accidentally killed because he understands that she should be mad at him because who wouldn't be? All of these people ridiculed him and told him that he knew what he was doing when it happened and made this horrible name for him. So why wouldn't anyone else in heaven think the same thing? And then he says he's also angry because the people that are talking to me are the reason, one of the reasons that he's also scared to cross over because he killed these people. However, they coerced, finagled, and bribed him into it and basically didn't give him a choice. So he wants to understand why people like that are in heaven when he's too scared to do it because he was taught that only good people go to heaven. So why would he go to heaven if he was not a good person? Yeah, I mean, he was separated from society so he feels as if he would be separated in heaven as well i'm gonna cry again (laughs) so what happened Liv? (laughs) so i explained to him that all of the things that m says in all of our podcasts of that there is no good and evil and the things that i say about well if god is all-knowing all-seeing all-hearing and is all-loving why would he exclude or why would he she they whatever infinite large being that you would dictate the word God to would exclude anybody from heaven. I'm like, that is absolutely ridiculous. It makes no sense. If there's no separation between good or evil and people are just supposed to exist for karmic reasons and other reasons that as humans, we can't actually fathom. In addition to that, God loves everybody because this being or whatever is the reason we are here in the first place collectively. Why would they exclude you? I said, that's absolutely ridiculous. So I, just basically told him you can cross over. I'm quite sure that the person that you accidentally killed would understand. And if they don't, someone will still be there for you. It's not, you should not be scared, especially if you think that the people that crossed over are worse than you, because in my mind right now, friend, (laughs) they are. So don't let other people tell you what you can and can't do just like you did when you were alive, because that's over now. And he literally passed over. It was the most wild thing ever. I started asking her questions and she was like, he's gone. Like, it's weird, but he's like, he's gone. (laughs) And the energy in the room shifted. It was lighter. Like It was like a breeze. A gust of wind happened in our house and then he was in spirit. So he was, he like switched from the left side to the right side. Yeah. Which Which is wild. (laughs) So, and I also just want to preface this, that while he was on the left-hand side, he also told me, because I wrote it down on the piece of paper, I felt gurgling, like there was blood coming out of the left-hand side of my mouth, and that I either had something hung around my neck or that I had put something through my neck. So I don't know if he hung himself and cut his throat, but after the thing that he did because he was hired for the Lizzie Borden and coerced into it for their family, he felt so horrible and terrible that he ended his life. And I just, 
think that's important for people to understand. So live crossed over a soul. <laughs> and <laughs> it's interesting because one of the things that she told me was she didn't understand what what happened, but she was getting like gratitude from it. And he basically was like, you are the soul that helped me cross over because she was asking what like did that what soul brought you over and it was her (laughs) (laughs) it's so wild literally we went from him being this demanding scary dark heavy present on the left hand side of my body that got angry when we were talking about the man that coerced him into doing this uh horrible act that ultimately begriefed him so much that he ended his life to him disappearing for a second, immediately the room energy changed, and then he was on my right-hand side. Mm-hmm. It's the most beautiful thing. Yeah, which is weird because, uh, A, Liv has never done that before. and you Never. Have, you have a whole bunch of mediums coming out here claiming that we're going to go to haunted houses and we're going to cross people over. Most souls are not stuck here. Most souls have the choice to go into heaven. Yeah, but as a medium, I know that other souls will come to help other souls that are passing pass over. And it's interesting because a couple weeks ago, we went to a local metaphysical shop and Em's like, let's buy a tarot reading. And I was like, you know, I'm going to read the tarot reader anyways, and you can just read my cards. So, and she's like, I'll buy it for you. I'm like, oh, fine. (laughs) So we did it. And the psychic woman that I was talking to, um, was she has some medium abilities too. And she was talking about just bouncing ideas off of each other or just experiences as mediums. And, uh, she's like, isn't it great when you're done talking to souls that they just like, thank you. And I was like, I understand that there's gratitude, but I've never actually had a soul tell me thank you and have like an actual feeling of gratitude because for me, I just understand that my place in this world physically, or at least one of the places or roles I'm supposed to fill in this world physically is as a medium. So I don't really like think about being thanked by souls necessarily because it's my job and I was given these gifts by spirit. So for spirit to thank me because they gave me this gift is just a little weird for me. Not to say that I don't think that they should say thank you or anything. I just don't see it that I want thanks from a spirit for anything because I'm here for them. So as he passed over and I literally was like about pooping my pants and I'm like, wait, did what just happened actually happen? And I was like, are you on my right hand side? And he's like, yes. And I said, did you like you passed over? And he said, yes. And he's, well, no, he didn't even say yes. He just said, thank you. And he showed me all of the stuff from our psychic reading with the tarot cards and then said, thank you. (laughs) And then Liv started crying. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, what? I said, well, what soul helped you passed over? And then he said, you. I didn't know that. You know, a physical person could do that. No, (laughs) I figured if mediums were passing souls over, they were just allowing other souls to help them pass over. I didn't remember when I told you about the death witches. It's a death witch's job to do something like that. But I don't know if uh, I don't want people to like hex me or something. Death <laughs> witches are a light in the dark to help souls cross over. But are death witches mediums? Yes. Are they? Yes. 
I feel like some of them just say, I'm a death witch, and then they just walk around and think that they can pass people over. Oh, no, there is, like, an initiation to become a death witch. You have to pass the initiation in order to be a death witch because it is very dangerous. Weird. Yes. So death witches can see spirits. They can see souls. If you can see them. Okay, but psychics can see souls too. They can communicate with them. What is- okay. <laughs> they are mediums. If anybody here is a death witch, will you please write into us and explain all of this stuff to me? Because it's absolutely fascinating. And obviously, as you can tell, I don't know anything about it. So until to keep my feet out of my mouth, I'm just going to drop it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Long story short, fucking wild. You ready for the history? <sighs> yeah. So the Lizzie Borden house was actually built in the 1840s and the uh, Borden family didn't own it until 1874. It was first built as a multi-family complex. So it was the owners lived in the top floor and then the renters lived in the bottom floor. However, when the Bordens moved into it, the Mr. Borden, he's very cheap. He doesn't like to spend his money. However, He renovated the house and he took all of the bathrooms out of the house. The reason why I'm telling you this is because it shows the type of person he is and explains the environment that his children kind of grew up in. So he took all of the bathrooms out of the house. He had a privy in the basement and in the barn, which is like a small toilet. But then every room had a chamber pot, which if you don't know what that is, it is literally like... A casserole dish for your poop. Yeah, (laughs) it is. It is a fancy porcelain bowl with a lid. (laughs) So living with this man was kind of annoying because this man was so cheap. Emphasis on kind of. Kind of. So the people that lived in this house was Andrew Borden and his wife, who was Lizzie's stepmother because... Her birth mother died when she was two years old. So you had Mrs. and Mr. Borden, Lizzie, and her older sister, Emma. And then you also had the maid, whose name was Bridget. On the day that they were murdered, they also had an unexpected guest, whose name was John Morse. And John Morse is, like I said, the brother of Lizzie's mom's birth, of Lizzie's birth mom. Her birth her uncle. Biological <laughs> uncle. Her uncle. <laughs> yeah. And he was not a funkle. So before, like the day before the murder, they were having dinner and their dinner was mutton, which I guess is chopped meat, but I think it's lamb. Maybe it's chopped lamb meat. I don't know. <laughs> Your chopped liver. But when they were making it, they, they, let, they let it sit overnight. So... It started to go bad and then was served to them. So it made them sick. It made them get food poisoning. But at this dinner, they had their mutton and Lizzie actually went up to eat it in her room because she doesn't want to be in the same room eating with her her stepmother. So I don't know if she actually ate it or not. Maybe that's why she was on morphine. I'm not entirely sure. However, the... Dude, Coke, everything had Coke been back there. Everything had Coke in it back there. I'm quite sure that just the fact (sighs) that her father died, they were like, you, lady, (sighs) 
are so, so upset that we're just going to give you morphine. It'll fix everything. Oh, that's probably it then. Here's some Coke too. I feel like she didn't eat it. Like, I feel like she knew that it was bad, but still gave it to them. Or she tampered with it. But I feel like it was food poisoning that made them sick because it made them weaker. So they initially thought that they were poisoned because Mr. Andrews, oh, sorry, Mr. Borden, Andrew Borden, was not the greatest of man, if you could uh, guess. Since he was so cheap, he treated his employees very poorly, so he had a lot of enemies and thought that one of these people actually poisoned them. So they went to the doctor to get checked out. I got enemies. A lot of anemones. Oh, not poisoning the water hole. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's poisoned the water hole. <laughs> so that happened the day before and the next day he went to work as usual but because he was sick he came home hours earlier which is interesting because a lot of people believe that he wasn't supposed to be in the house when the stepmother was being killed so people suspect that he might have accidentally like stepped in at the wrong moment and that's what got him killed remember i said he worked with him Oh, is that what it is? He was working the odd job at one of the places that Andrew Borden worked. Okay. That's why John hired him. So if he were to have gone home and he had a lot of sea anemones that worked for him, they would alert him to say, hey, you need to go. What do you mean? If they saw that Andrew Borden was going home early... Because he wasn't feeling good. I'm quite sure if you're a big old boss man that puts his feet on his desk and is mean to everybody, Mm -hmm. everyone's going to know that you're being a baby and that he's going home. Because he's probably like, oh my God, Mr. Beauregard, I eat some bad mutton. I'm going to go home. And everyone's like, go. This is your time. It's now. Jesus. I'm just saying, remember how I told you, you asked me who's the one that actually did it? Yeah. Everybody didn't like him. Lizzie didn't like him. The uncle didn't like him. His employees didn't like him. Yeah. So if they were able to use the employees, Bridget being one of them. Okay. So like that's proof that they use the employees. Yeah. Then they would have a telephone system of people to be able to tell Lenny yeah. to go to the house when he needed to. And if he was mm. working an odd job at the factory, one person that is irregular missing from the work line is not going to be noticed. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, how did he know to get there? Sorry, they're answering it for me. Got you. Yep. So it wasn't like he accidentally showed up during the murders? No. They just knew he was going, so he was like, it's time. Yeah. John says he doesn't have accidents. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. <laughs> so according to Lizzie Borden's testimonial or her investigation, she... Well, A, she was on morphine, so her story changed quite a bit. But what stayed the same was her father came home early because he was sick. So he goes into, I don't know, a sitting room and takes a nap on the couch. However, it's weird because he appears to have fallen on the couch. And it doesn't look like he was, like, laying on the couch. It looks like he was, like, pushed onto the couch. And he also has his, like very nice suit coat rolled up underneath his head, which again is uncharacteristic of this very wealthy, proper man. But do you know who would do that? 
Someone who lives on the street and has a coat and no pillow. Yeah. yeah. And would think that it's normal. Before he took his nap, he, he had a key and he went somewhere. I think it was like his quarters that were like sectioned off from the house. So he didn't go like up the stairs to where his step, well, okay, where his wife would be. But because he had that key, he didn't know that there was someone in the house murdering people. He uh, took the key to the wardrobe and went to go have tea and cookies with Mr. Tomnus. Then he came back. With who? He never watched Narnia? No. Bonania. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, you said he took a key to some secret place that he could yeah. go to in the back of the house, and my brain says he went to Narnia. Oh, he went to Narnia, mm-hmm. and then he came back and laid on the couch and got murdered. Yeah. Plot twist, it was the White Witch. <laughs> Sorry. I have to make it funny. This is a metaphysical comedy show. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, Andrew Borden was murdered. So this is where the neighbors start coming in. So Lizzie goes outside and is obviously upset and crying. And the neighbor sees her and comes over and asks her, what is wrong? Why are you crying? Why are you upset? And she tells the neighbor, my father was murdered. So they go into the house to try to figure that out. And the neighbor's like, well, where is Mrs. Borden? Like, she was home. Where is she? And Lizzie was like, I think I heard her upstairs and ordered the maid to go check and see if she was up there however Bridget was like excuse me I'm not gonna go up there alone because I don't want the murderer to continually be up there to kill me so the neighbor and the maid then go up the stairs to go check on Mrs. Borden they got halfway up the stairs because the railing is just rails like you can see through it and they could see Mrs. Borden dead on the floor in a pool of her own blood. Now, it is interesting because Liv said that it was shoddy work. Mrs. Borden was hit 19 times in the head with some sort of axe, and Mr. Borden was hit 10 to 11 times. Yes, and I also explained how she was found and why, because you had questions regarding the fact that she had no defensive wounds. Yes, because... Mrs. Borden doesn't have any defensive wounds, so it is speculated that she knows who this person is. So maybe she knows him because it's someone that works with Mr. Borden. You Well, you thought it was the uncle. Well, I did. Because you the un- she would know the uncle. Yes. And then I said, that's, that's the point in the video when you were like, is it John? Yeah. And the dude got angry. Like yeah. he got angry and put his face in my face. And I was like, oh, I have to figure this out. And what did he tell you? He told me, well, John stepped forward. And then we figured out who he looked like, and which is not Lenny, who was standing next to me. And Lenny said, she didn't know it was coming. She was taking a nap. I said, okay. So then Spirit shows me how she was found. I said, if you go up the stairs and to the left, that is where their bedroom is. If you go in the bedroom, there's a bed against the wall. And on the left-hand side, there's a bedside table she was on the left hand side correct and Em's like yes I said well if you're laying in your bed and you hear your husband getting murdered you're like oh what's all this commotion I think and she got murdered first did she I think she might have heard him come up the stairs ah yeah well anyways the thing is if someone's in your house doing whatever you're going to wake up hopefully 
And when she does, since she's on the left-hand side of the bed, that means that your feet are going to swing out to your left and you're going to be getting up off the bed. 90% of the population, that's probably not entirely correct, (laughs) most of the population is right-handed. So if you're getting up off of your bed and the wall is to your right and the door is to your left, you're going to use most of your weight on your right-hand side to get up off the bed and stand up. However, if a six-foot-four man is there about to literally end your life, you're not going to have time to do anything And if you get hit, what's going to happen is since most of the weight is on your right-hand side, then you're going to get hit and then fall to the right, which is where they found her. Yeah, because one of the reasons why they don't think that it's Lizzie is because Mrs. Borden supposedly was murdered when she was, like, standing up. So you have to have a high enough angle to hit a woman from the top of the head. Oh, yeah, you said the things were on the top of the head. Something like that. Yeah. So if he's six foot four and you're trying to stand up or you just stood up and he's six foot four, that's how they're going to, that's going to happen. Yeah. So that's why they thought it was John Morris because he was tall and Lizzie is not tall because she's a woman. Also, if it, so. that, that was the thing with defensive wounds. If you're getting up off the bed and this person's six foot four and you're waking up from a nap, there's not going to be time to defend yourself. It's not Correct. that she knew who was attacking her. It's that she was surprised and this dude was huge. <laughs> yes so yeah so that's why it's like super interesting that that's the way that she died because it doesn't prove that lizzie borden was the one that did it they also when they started doing their investigation in court they kept the skulls of the victims and they brought them in court to try to match it to a hatchet that they found in the basement because they believed that this hatchet was the murder weapon because it had dried blood and hair on it. However, it did not match the marks on the skulls, and they deemed the blood and hair to actually have been blood from a cow. So that was not the murder weapon. (laughs) Well, also, before M said that there was blood and hair from a cow on it, I, as the expert that listened to one thing... Expert thought that the murder weapon used was the hatchet that was found in the basement because that's what... Oh, interesting. They said in my expert thing that uh, they thought that was the murder weapon that she used to kill them. And I said, well, I can see it. I said, if you go into the kitchen, there's a door that goes to the outside and then next to that on the other wall is a door that goes downstairs to the basement. And the basement stairs don't have like wood in between them they're just like the wooden stairs so you can see behind them and if you go downstairs into the basement and to the left that's where the axe is right and i'm like i think so because i'm not looking at pictures i know there's pictures that people look at but i'm clairvoyant actually seeing things really messes with me it scares me so i said that's where it was that's where it was right and she goes yeah and i said well and the person that told me this was um the maid the maid showed me where the hatchet was interesting so I said, she told me, she's like, it was being used some other time. Like, I brought it in the house and put it there. Got you. And then when I was like, okay, well, was it the actual weapon? She's like, no. And then Lizzie and her uncle stepped forward, and they're like, they're stupid. They just assumed it was the murder weapon, and we had just used it for something else. Mm -hmm. And then Em says, it had blood and hair on it, but it was from a cow. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> oh, why so weird? So it was speculated that 
this John Morse guy, the uncle, was a suspect because he was tall enough to do this, but also he was a butcher. So this hatchet didn't work out, so it couldn't have been Lizzie because she's not tall enough, she doesn't have the murder weapon, etc. But if he's a butcher, then he would be able to do this, and he would be able to do it skillfully because he has experience with butchering things. But it wasn't done skillfully. Yeah. So it wasn't him. But what they were saying is, like, they didn't miss. So they had enough of, like, a gusto to, like, be able to hit this person the first time. And if you're six foot four... Yeah, and, and if you're huge, huge. <laughs> you would be able to do that. Yeah. So this guy, this John Morse guy is interesting because he looks very guilty. He shows up unbeknownst, so the family did not know that he was going to show up at this house. And he Quote. has a very specific alibi where he said once he left the Borden house, he was going to visit his nephew that was on the other side of town. And he has a very specific alibi where he remembered the first and last name of six Irish priests, as well as their sash and cap numbers, which was oddly specific, almost like he needed that alibi because he thought that he had done something wrong. Because he was orchestrating what happened. So then what did the souls tell you about that? (laughs) I saw a piece of paper and him. He had talked to his nephew and did he make himself sparse? Yes. But was he where he was at when he needed to be? Not necessarily. His nephew provided the information to him about the priests. I saw a piece of paper, a small piece of paper, because he's like, it's not a lot of information. I just need enough to remember it and memorize it so that when I go to court, I can say it and not have them question me, which... Honestly, if you're not like, I remember all six of them and all of these specific details, that is way more fishy than you like stumbling over it. That is what people say. Which is why it's, why do you know this much information? I would not know this much information. Exactly. So those spirits, the spirits that I'm talking to tell me, he has this, he did that, or he said, I have this and I did that and I knew this and I knew that. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. So your nephew, who is your family member, is your alibi. They're not going to go against you. And now you have all this specific information. And I'm thinking egotistically, he's using priests because priests are a part of the church. It's saintly. So now it's putting him in a good light. You know, I was at church. I was with my nephew. We were doing this with the priests. So of course, the all-male jury is going to be like, he's fine. He's a perfect godly person. He was just doing whatever. And it's okay. Then actual spirit, and when I say spirit, spirit, it's information that I get from spirit, but it's not from the souls I'm talking to. It's just general information. So I recently just found out like literally three days ago, and if you guys didn't know this, doesn't surprise me because I didn't, and it absolutely blows my mind. And the person that I heard it from didn't know it either and had to fact check it, and it is still true to this day, that Catholic priests cannot testify in court. Because people tell them their confessions. Yes. And I learned about this listening to a story about a German serial killer. So this guy ended up killing like five or seven boys, literal boys. They were the age from like 12 to 15. And 
when the first time this German serial killer killed a boy, it was like the first or second murder, he confessed to a priest. Yes. And the priest didn't say anything because according to the Catholic Church, if they conf- if they say the things that happen in confession, they'll get kicked out. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that when Emily tells me this and then the souls <laughs> tell me, oh, yeah, it was absolutely a ruse. And this is why they left out the part that the reason the Catholic priest is not just because it's giving him a good light of being religious. It's the sole fact that they can't testify. Yes. So if they actually went up to the six priests because he had their first and last name with all of their numbers, whether or not they saw him, they cannot say whether or not they saw him. Yes. Otherwise, they would be kicked out of the church. (laughs) That is the most diabolical shit in the universe. Mm -hmm. I can't. I can't fathom it. It's pretty interesting. And if we would have done this podcast any sooner, would not have known that. (laughs) So there is more loopholes within the story, one of which this specific day they did this murder was a clam bake for the police department, which means all of their experienced police officers were busy doing something else. And they had the rookies go to the crime scene, which made a lot of the information get corrupted and contaminated. So there was a lot of confusion with things because they had inexperienced police officers going to this crime scene they foobarred it all up and during court they had a fully man-led jury so they actually decided within 10 minutes of lizzie's you know guilty Again, the reason why she is still alive and didn't get executed for killing a man because she is a woman is because they did not have clear evidence of it. They, however, stayed in their debate for over an hour just for, just like out of favor to the uh, wealthy family, to the Bordens. But what is interesting is I don't, I don't know this for sure, but I don't believe the maid was like questioned because she disappeared. She disappeared after the murder for about five years. After five years, they found her on a farm, basically in this, like, very rich land. Plus, she had this, like, white picket fence, this very expensive home. She had all these things. However, the maid was, she didn't have a family before the Bordens. Like, she didn't have money. She had nowhere to go. She was specifically there to, like, sustain herself. And she actually tried to quit multiple times. But Mrs. Borden, the stepmother, begged her to stay because she was so afraid of Emma and Lizzie. And it's interesting that now she, like, fell off the face of the earth to be found in this very, like, wealthy place in her life due to the fact that she had nothing and she worked for a cheap man. So it is suspected that she got paid off to disappear because it'd be a lot of secrets would come out because she's the maid and she just like is kind of like a fly on the wall can we talk about the jury really quick yeah why okay all medley all male jury yes not uncommon for the time and place that this happened Mm -hmm. but i'm sure that one or a few of the men would have known mr borden and or Lizzie's uncle mm-hmm. and or Lizzie. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's like 
It's the perfect crime. Yes. Literally to have her questioned and accused mm-hmm. and guilted because beca- because she's a girl and because she's rich and because the entire jury is men, they're like, whether they know her or not, if they don't know her, they're probably like, she's a girl. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> she can't do this again. She'll learn her time. Yeah. And... uh I'm sure there had to have been some sort of like not equal opportunity when picking jurors because it's America. Come on. Especially back then that it was probably not equal. So whether or not they knew her, they were probably like, she's pretty. Let's go easy on her. And if they did know her, they're probably like, we know her. She's pretty and she's rich. Let's go easy on her. So whether she got found guilty or not, she was going to be fine. But if they did find her guilty, they would have killed her. No. End of it. I don't believe you. You don't believe what? If they found evidence against her, they would just kill her. Because she's nothing. But they didn't find evidence. So they didn't have a reason to do so. They probably thought it was someone else. They didn't care to, like, figure that out. I don't disagree entirely. (laughs) I've heard of other court cases of women that actually do kill people and the jury who is all men are like, we can't kill her. She's too pretty. And in then the 1870s. No, in like the 1950s. Mm, interesting. <laughs> Which you would think would be the opposite. But because she's pretty, they put her in jail. Do not know. So I'm thinking it's a mix of a lot of things, but it doesn't matter because if the person that they hired, Lenny, disappeared which is what they wanted in the first place the reason they used him is because no one would know who he was or be able to find him and even if they did he would take the fall for it and they don't care because he's nobody correct but if lizzie gets caught and she's found guilty still takes the public eye away from the person that actually orchestrated all of it which was john morris yes well (laughs) but lizzie was an accomplice of it well yes so she's kind of like her dad she's like fuck it i don't care yeah, and if you stories, have that type of attitude. There are stories about her uh, shoplifting from stores because she just wanted to get the attention of her father. Mm. At these stores, her father would have a running tab because it happened so often that wow. she would steal from those places. Yeah. So if you just literally give zero fucks, it doesn't matter. It's literally a win, 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 win situation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Blows my mind. This is not how I thought this was going to go. Yes. My entire mind. <laughs> Lizzie was convicted of the crime. She was arrested and put in jail for 10 months. But because she was wealthy, she was almost like catered hand to foot. And uh, she was even sent a cat that she was allowed to keep. So it was not at all like a prison place that she was sent. She was very much better off in this prison. But that is the story of the Lizzie Borden house. <laughs> And I'm glad that there's so many people on YouTube that are, like, doing ghost hunts. And they're like, it's solved. Solved murder mystery Lizzie Borden house. And I'm pretty sure they, like, think they solved it by, like, saying it was Lizzie. But they also think that she's in the house. And she's like, um, no. Yeah. And uh, if I haunted anywhere, it would be the really nice uh, mansion that I lived in with my sister. So, and I don't even care for that that much. So, it doesn't matter. Uh, her Spoiled stepmother cat. is not there. The cat is there. I have no idea what the cat has to do with anything. 
but there is a cat there. The maid sometimes visits there, but it's only because of the cat. That is it. Possibly. Mr. Borden's there too. Yes. Mr. Borden. But he is passed over and he only chooses to be there because he finds uh, entertainment in it. <laughs> Him watching people think it's haunted. And he like knew that someone was going to get him. He's like, it was fair game. Was it, was it uh, backhanded and skeevy? Yes. But he also kind of respects them for it. <laughs> that is the kind of person he is. Well, I mean, he had bad mutton and thought he was poisoned, so. <laughs> so. Do you have anything else to say? No. Besides that, I'm absolutely mm. spiritually spanked, and this is not at all what I thought this, was, this day was going to be like at all. Zero. Also, the... I don't know if you want to talk about this, but the house next door, they also, the Lizzie Borden house right now is like a bed and breakfast. So obviously these haunted places, they like to set up weird things for ghost hunters. And I think it's the house next door they also have. And it was owned at one point by a Borden family. And the story goes that this woman had three children that she drowned in the well in the back. And then she went to was the basement. Was it the well or the bathtub? They, my research said it was a well, but it, it could just be a story. So. Okay. And then she supposedly murdered herself in the basement of the house. So they have a toy box in the house, and the toys actually move places. The Lizzie Borden house. They have toys for children. Well, I don't children. know if they're in the Lizzie Borden house. Oh, I thought, I was under the impression that they were in the Lizzie Borden house. I watched a tour. Somehow they got to a place. Can you also talk toys. about the fact that when you were watching the video, you saw <laughs> Andrew Borden on the couch? So the place where <laughs> Andrew Borden was murdered, they walk into this room and the the camera guy like zooms in on this couch. And I was like, there's a man fucking sitting on this couch. And they're like, this is where Andrew Borden was killed. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> Isn't that satirical? God. Yeah, he thinks it's funny. Yeah, he does. He literally goes there to people watch. In in the YouTube video, he tells me. He wasn't me, like laying down. He was literally sitting there like observing them. <laughs> yes. He's like, thank you. This is my good side. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look at my dead body. Oh, God. Well, technically, it's just a spirit. But anyways. No, they have a picture of his dead body of the crime scene there. Well, it's just a picture of it, though. But you saw I know, him that's why sitting I was saying, the- Look at my dead body. It's great. Oh. This is my good side. Mm-hmm. My dead good side. Yeah, but you need to specify to the people listening that you saw him as oh, a yeah, spirit no. on the couch. I saw his spirit on the couch yes. watching them look at a picture of his crime scene. <laughs> and during the YouTube video, he popped in and was like, you know how you tell all of the people on the internet that as spirits we know, see, hear, and feel everything? That whole mumbo jumbo, he's like, yes, but it's still more fun to be here and watch the dumb people that come into my house. It's like watching TV. That's why I'm here. It is entertaining. But yeah, it might. So it might be the house next door and I just wasn't paying attention enough because um, yeah. it passed the Lizzie Borden story. <laughs> I just think it's interesting that there's fucking people think there's children in the house next door maybe. But a lot of people think that these children think they're still alive because they're so young when they died that they don't understand that they're dead so they're trapped there which they're not there i only see residual energy of them being in the house it's not them yeah i see kids not in the lizzie borden house i see them in a house next door or in the specifically in the yard next door i don't actually see them in the house and i feel like they're three five and seven yeah however 
there is a toy box. <laughs> I just wants to talk about dark things. <laughs> yeah, I do. Because <laughs> I don't see it. You do. Because I, I talk to the scary men. You talk to the scary dark things. I can't talk to scary men. They're scary. <laughs> okay. And I can't talk to scary dark things because they're scary. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's like a toy box. And each time you go into the room, the toys are in a different spot. And people think it's children. It's not children. <laughs> There's this weird thing that's like underneath the bed and it's got the way that I see it is it's like fingers. I only see the fingers come out from underneath the bed. Vomitous. And it like it like shuffles across the floor. Vomitous. But that's why it moves things. Cause I don't think little children would it would be hard to move a big doll from a toy box to a table. <laughs> I think that it is there because of the negative energy that the physical people well, yeah. that are there bring to it. However, Andrew Borden is like, fuck you. That's why it's under the bed. And I think it likes to play with the toys. Oh, that makes sense. Because that's the only thing. Because I get major simp energy from it. Yes. No, it's very much like, don't look, don't, don't look at the curtain. The man behind the curtain, I'm fine. It's not, I'm not here. It's fine. Little children move things. I want you all to know. That it's little children moving the toys. It's not me. Fear me. <laughs> yeah, but I'm getting from Mr. Borden that it's like simp vibes of that it's scared yes. of him and he doesn't let it go anywhere <laughs> else. And he's like, you want to play with some kid toys? Yeah, because there's little nothing thing? dark anywhere else. No. Which is interesting because of like horrific murders happen there. And then people go there and are like, oh my God, horrific murders, ghost." spoopy things in this one room with fucking toys is uh, the one that's haunted uh, it's the most active room too we could literally make okay okay i'm what? sorry <laughs> is this wrong what i could cut it out if i need to okay the vibe that i get from andrew borden is that picture it mm-hmm. modern day mm-hmm. you're at a uh the haunted house sorry no you're at like a, a halloween party right okay but the bed and breakfast is making the Halloween party. Okay. So you're like, uh, oh, no, no, it's even better. I'm going to become a TV movie writer. All right. Oh, okay. Teenage kids, because mm-hmm. it's a scary movie, right? Mm-hmm. All right. They're at a Halloween party. Yeah. Night before, they uh, are talking about Lizzie Borden. They're watching the videos that M's watching. <laughs> no one knows that he's sitting on the couch in the video. They go oh. to this party. They're like, wouldn't it be funny to dress up like the Lizzie Borden people? But we're not going to do Andrew because he's scary. So, like, they're at a party. They're partying it up. There's lights everywhere. Guy comes to the party with an axe in his face. He looks like Andrew Borden, and he's talking to people. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the party, they figure out that it's actually him. And then at the end of the movie, he just walks into his front door with the axe in his head and just lays on his couch, and he's like, ah. Very nice. Wow. That would be funny. No? Interesting. Too much? The person that's afraid of Courage the Cowardly Dog. He would do that, Writing your horror films for you now. He would do that, though. Uh, He would, I mean. I would do that, Have you guys ever seen... um... I would do that as a ghost. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I would. And be like, guess what's really funny? I'm not actually here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, what if he like becomes friends with them? Okay. Okay. It's going to be older. It's going to be older people like the Mm -hmm. office. Oh, God. They're at an office party. Guy comes in. He's like, I'm the new guy. I'm dead. No, 
He says, I'm the new guy. No one knows who it is. They all go out for a night for drinking. They're getting swifty. And then at the end of the night, he's like, hey, could you take me home? And then he gives him the address to the Lizzie Borden house. He goes inside, slams the door, lays on the couch, and is like, ah, it's great. And all of the people that drive him home are like, this is not okay. And then they go inside. No one's there. That would be funny, too. But is he a ghost or is he not a ghost? No, he's a ghost. Oh, okay. But he, like, showed everyone that he was there. And it was funny because... Andrew, is he Andrew? Yeah. I'm missing context here. I'm just He's making- going to an office party? Yeah. And that that's, that's who he is on the inside? No. Oh. It's Halloween. So he just goes to a party. But if he, oh well, he's like a middle-aged man. So he went to a teenage party, it'd be freaky. But if he goes to an office party, he can just lie to the people that are alive and say, oh, oh I'm I the see. new guy. I'm Andrew from accounting. Because it's always the accountants. Who are ghosts? <laughs> I don't know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm really trying to deal with what happened today, guys. Yeah, Liv passed over a spirit. <laughs> if you guys have any crazy stories like that, make sure to go to the show notes. We have a link in there where you can submit your paranormal or metaphysical stories for a future listeners episode because we just released our second listener story. If you want to check that out. And if you guys want uh, more content like this. Famous haunted locations. Let us know what locations you want us to cover. I don't know where you would have that happen. Maybe go to YouTube and comment there. (laughs) Yeah. Or on our Instagram. Or somewhere on our website. Also. I don't know. We do readings. And we have a Patreon. If you guys So let's do our Patreon shout outs. (laughs) Oh, wait. Yeah, you're right. You have to pull it up on your computer again. So you should pause it. Guys, we are psychic mediums. Are we? Get it from this whole episode. What does that I'm even sorry. Mean? I just need to say it because I'm really freaked out. Pull up Patreon, people. <laughs> <laughs> they're the same as last time. I think. Yeah. No. And we're going to read them. Maybe they're different. Maybe you're different. You're a towel. You're a towel. <laughs> All right. Let's see if I know how to do this. I am technologically incapable of normal things because, because, that's it. Do, 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 do. Oh, I should uh, insert elevator music somewhere. We need to get new elevator music. John Cena. Do, 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 do. Okay. All right. Can you see this? You want to scoot yep, on I closer? Can see it. We want to be friends. We're not friends. We're, mm, we'll talk <laughs> about it later. <laughs> Okay, you do the first one. Allie, sidekick. Oh, I forgot. I was waiting for you to do it, but it's my Back. turn because we go. Sidekick. Dozy. <laughs> Autumn. Gosh. Thias. Victoria. Jenny. Laurel. Brianna. Brianna. How do you say it? Antia. Bradley. Sandy. You're not going to say it? Oh, you're a towel. <laughs> uh, Miss Kerr. Christina. Sushi. Katie. Charles. Jen. Holly. Krista. Florence. Abby. Malake. Malake. <laughs> I just really foovered that one, too. Uh-huh. Ah, you know who you are. You're never going to listen to this. So if you guys are interested in our next podcast, we are hopefully going to be talking about mythological beasts. Hopefully we talk about fairies. Can I actually just research you because you're really one? I'm a mythological beast. You wake up one night and it's just me and binoculars outside your window. And you're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing my research. I have like a sticky note on my forehead. I'll throw towels at you. (laughs) 
I'll just open and my arms and say, my friends. <laughs> you, you'll have a, like, a camera and you're, like, the wild thornberry or the crocodile hunter. And it's, like, the, the sidekick in the wilderness now is throwing towels at me <laughs> in her natural habitat. Crikey. That's it. That's all you got. Let's go capture her. I throw a pokeball at you. Yeah. <laughs> Hits me in head. Then gets sucked into ball. End of story. Crikey. Am I going to need like a, a regular Pokeball, an Ultra Ball? Oh, probably a Dark Ball. Crikey. You're a towel. <laughs>